worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Park. We invite you to look with us in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 1. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them, His disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Father, thank you once again for your word. Thank you for the wonderful and powerful account of your death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love, a love so great that you came, you lived, and you died on the cross to make a way for us to be saved. You rose from the dead so that we could spend all eternity with you. Stir us, Lord, more and more to take that very serious and stir us more and more to be a people committed to living a life of faithful ambassadorship for your kingdom everywhere we go, representing you, shining for Jesus in all that we do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer. Our God in heaven, we're so thankful that we can look to you and understand that uh, you are a father to us, that you love us like a father, and you treat us so special, Father. You don't treat us as we deserve. So much mercy. God, thank you for uh, your love for us. Pray for our listening family, Father, that you would work in their hearts, that you would draw them closer and closer to yourself, that you would help them uh, with their every need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. We're grateful to have once again Sherry Oatstein. She's the author of the book, 
Blackie, a canine rescue of the heart. And, of course, it's been a delight to have her uh, uh, for a few broadcasts here. And uh, before we get in back into the reading, uh, Sherry, again, great to have you once again. I'm going to ask Thanks. if you'll take a moment now to pray for all the individuals that are, happen to be caregivers that are in our listening audience. You know, they're, they have a unique calling and mission that they're involved with and have some unique challenges and struggles, which you touch on very beautifully and powerfully in the book. And the book is such a beautiful and a touching story, which uniquely speaks to those persons that happen to be on in that mission field. So as we begin, would you pray whatever's on your heart for caregivers as a whole? Yes, I'd be happy to. Dear Heavenly Father, again, put your angels around the Holy Spirit within and the blood of Jesus over everyone in our listening audience, especially those who are caregivers. Dear Lord, they have really assumed a role that is very Christ-like. They have given up their own selfish needs for that of someone else. So they are very unique, very gifted, very special in the kingdom of heaven. Help them to know how beautiful their souls are. Help them to know that they're not cast away because they're out of the public arena for a time. Help them to know that they have a special place in your heart, and that this that they're doing, they will never regret. Give them joy, give them peace, and give them love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And so in the two previous broadcasts, you've been sharing from the book, again, Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart. And so we'd invite you this time just to pick up about where you left off there. Okay. I'll go back a a sentence. This was by the way, Chapter 4, Finding Joy. I wouldn't use the word mature, but definitely our Blackie was growing up. We had survived the terrible twos. Soon, when I thought he was ready, I allowed him to attend a group ecumenical prayer meeting I held at her home. Because it was multidenominational, there were some rather tense moments. But Blackie, sensing the conflict, saved the day. He ambled up to some of the guests that were the most uncomfortable and licked their hands. And then he sat with them, smiling at them throughout the rest of the meeting. He did an amazing job to promote unity in a rather diverse, volatile setting. Some even called back later that same day to tell me that he was the best part of the prayer meeting. What a comfort he had been. Unbelievable. But what he was beginning to do for Mom was really unbelievable. Once, Mom fell down in the living room when I was out of the room, and Blackie came to my area and almost busted the door down to get me to come help him. She was shaken up a little, but thankfully she was okay. Our Blackie was proving to be, I can't believe I'm saying this, invaluable. Within the next few months, he actually saved her life four times, twice when she sensed Her infected toenails were more than just garden-variety ingrown toenails. Anyway, his heroism ended up sparing her the loss of both of her grand toes, or worse. And twice when he doggedly determined she had urinary tract infections. Anyway, he proved he had quite a gift and a nose for infection. Mom's podiatrist told me we were lucky to have him. Another doctor told me that our Blackie was our own little in-house PET scan. Blackie's reputation was soon spreading again, and he was becoming more and more phenomenal, but finally in a good way. 
the grandma's mom's behaviors were kind of going the other way south, but in a very delightful, loving, and most charming way. Only I was not prepared for the extent of her creativity. As Blackie was growing up, mom was kind of growing down. There was definitely a role reversal, Blackie becoming the little man and mom more and more becoming the little girl. For example, one day when I had been working in the basement for a while, I came upstairs to check on my two charges, Mom and Blackie. Mom was fine and was sitting in the living room reading a magazine, but Blackie was nowhere to be found, not in his cage, not under the living room desk, not under her bed, or any of his other top five favorite hiding places. My heart started racing, as he had long had a reputation as a jumper and an escape artist which was why he was up for adoption in the first place and why I kept him on a leash 24-7 those first few years just to be safe. Mom, have you seen Blackie? I can't seem to find him anywhere. Well, no, not since the nice people came and took him, she answered. Took him? What? What in the world? Who? For what reason? My, my heart was pounding. Why, the committee from the after-school program. After-school program, Blackie? Why, yes, Sherry, they came by and tested him, and he tested so very high, they wanted him in their program. They said he was very smart and very talented. They were so impressed. My heart was more than just pounding out. It was going through my chest. I was about to throw up. I decided I would just have to get him my car keys and drive up and down our addition to see if I could locate him or them, whatever. As I went running to my bedroom to get my purse and my car keys to go looking for him. I noticed my bedroom door was closed, which I usually keep ajar. So this was a little unusual, but as I threw the bedroom door open, racing for my purse and car keys, to my surprise, there was poor little Blackie trapped behind the door. No committee or after-school program had taken him. Mom, ordinarily one of the most honest people I knew, had kind of storied to me her new way of coping under pressure. Like a little kid trying to keep out of trouble, she had made up a very creative explanation for the events of his disappearance. Too creative for my taste, but after all, all's well that ends well, right? But gee whiz. And so time passed. Mom turned 93. Blackie turned three. Maybe Blackie was only three in dog years, but he was the big 21 in human years. Our big boy was now getting to ride in the front seat, seatbelt and all. I once again asked Mom if Blackie was driving now that he turned 21 in dog years, and she replied, well, I sure hope not. He sure needs a lot more training. I don't think he's ever completed driver's ed. Boy, was I relieved. And as Blackie began to assume more and more responsibility, thanks. We continued our nightly prayers, but it was apparent we were entering a new phase of our living arrangement together. Mom's storying became more and more prominent, especially at nighttime when she was getting ready for bed, as well as sometimes in the morning when she first awakened. I believe it's called sundowning or sundowner syndrome in medical circles. So I grew to anticipate it, and though not possible at night, in the mornings, I could somewhat control it with coffee, serious, serious coffee. My research in dementia was relentless in the beginning. I was always doing research on the Internet, trying new supplements and natural interventions and memory games, devices, etc. But as time passed, I became content, like with Blackie's weight gain, to just enjoy her presence. I think Blackie was largely responsible for that. He helped me so much just to love her and enjoy the moment, just to accept her as she was. 
And wouldn't you know it, good old Blackie was more and more implicated in the moment in his creative, in her creative imaginings. He was to her like a little kid's imaginary friend. She would project a lifetime of her own life's most challenging moments onto a little furball with an enormous appetite. As mother's stories became more and more exaggerated and exciting, Blackie became more and more the accomplice. And well, soon the plot, like Blackie's waistline, thickened. Well, like this. One day, Blackie's godmother, Loretta, who was there when we first rescued Blackie, was over helping me do some filing. When we started to file away some letters from various charities I support, I noticed one from St. Jude that was of particular interest. I asked Loretta not to file that one away to let me see it. When I opened it, there was a lovely bright green leather-like keychain with a pewter-like icon for St. Jude for hopeless cases. I knew exactly where to put it, Blackie. Maybe it would protect him from himself and from his many near-death experiences. I had already taped the name Jesus on his collar to give him divine protection since the scare with the Valentine's Day chocolates, not to mention his omega-3 overdose. But with his appetites, we needed he needed all the help he could get. I immediately called Blackie over, and he came with great gusto, thinking, I guess, he was going to get a special treat or something. As I put and pulled out the little green keychain and attached it to his bright red collar and tags. He looked so cute like a little Christmas tree ornament. However, as soon as he took two steps, he fell down as if the weight of the one-ounce keychain would kill him. Such a drama king. Loretta and I both were cracking up at his antics. Just then, Mom came out of her bedroom hearing our laughter. She immediately saw Blackie lying prone on the floor with the green keychain sounding a trumpet in contrast to his bright red collar tags and bandana. Well, what's wrong with Blackie? Whatever is that green thing doing on his collar, she asked. Well, Sure, we're going to jump in right there and pick, we can pick up right there on the other side of the break. Uh, Sherry Oldstein is our phone guest today and she's reading from the exciting book Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart, a wonderful tool for caregivers. We'll be right back. Dunson Oyukon with If All I Say Is Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest is Sherry Oldstein. She's the author of the book Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart, a wonderful and a very powerful book that's a great tool for any a tool for encouragement for any and all caregivers. Um, Sherry, if you'll pick up about where you left off there, please. 
Thank you, Pastor. <clears throat> What's wrong with Blackie? Whatever is that green thing doing on his collar, she asked. Well, Mom, you know how Blackie's always eating something that could kill him, like chocolate, etc. Well, this little green keychain of St. Jude, the saint of hopeless cases, is supposed to protect whoever wears or carries it. And, well, Loretta and I thought it might protect Blackie as he's kind of a hopeless case. Blackie's not a hopeless case, she retorted. I used to think so. But that's before I met his mother. Now that I've gotten to know his mother, I think he's a fine young man. You've met Blackie's mother? I was stunned. I was incredulous. Wow, that's really something, Mom. What what was she like? About that time, I noticed Loretta was quickly letting herself out the front door like she didn't want to be found hanging around a crime scene or something. It was now just Mom, Blackie, and me in the beginning of a new chapter for all of us. Well, continued Mom, obviously loving being the center of attention and a kind of expert of sorts. She was someone I could learn a lot from. Well, how's that, Mom? I was desperately trying to keep a straight face. Well, I didn't like her at all at first. She bragged all the time. But when I got talking to her a little more, I realized she was originally from a small town. And people from small towns often do that. They just feel a little bit inadequate or something around city slickers, I guess. Anyway, I just listened, and she really was very nice after all. That is, after she felt comfortable with me. Really? What did you learn from her? I was trying to be serious, but it was hard to keep from laughing. Well, Mom continued, I really felt sorry for her. I guess Blackie's father had been a deadbeat dad dad and had left her to raise Blackie and his brothers and sisters all alone. So she had to work so hard, so many jobs to make ends meet, that she was just exhausted, not to mention poor, but bless her heart. But I admired her, her devotion to her children and her work ethic. Oh, Mom, I did not know. Bless little Blackie and his poor little mother and family. How many children did she have in all? Was she shabbily dressed, kind of? Did she look at all like Blackie? Well, she kind of resembled him in the face, mostly, but also in her build. But she had white fur. Anyway, she had five children, including Blackie, and life had been very hard for her. She looked very tired, and yes, her clothes, her fur coat, that is, was worn and shabby. But she was so proud of Blackie. When she talked about him, her eyes just shone. He was her pride and joy, her firstborn. And with that, we all entered Wonderland. Mom, what else did Blackie's mom tell you about Blackie? Well, did you know how smart Blackie is? Mom told me he had attained, his mother told me he had attained three degrees before we even met him. Three degrees? You mean before we even adopted him at one year of age? This is unbelievable. Let's see, I bet I know what his three degrees are in. One is in criminal justice, as he heroically protects us from the UPS man and anyone else walking in the neighborhood. He is so brave, ferocious, really, for his small stature. Two, I believe in counseling and social work, as he intuitively always knows how to make our friends feel loved and welcome, especially when they're having a bad day. And three has to be in diagnostic medicine. Remember how he relentlessly was obsessed with your toenail infection earlier this year when everyone else said it was just a garden variety ingrown nail? Your podiatrist even mentioned how Blackie Siffer may have just saved you from losing your toes or worse. 
why Mama, of course, with all due respect, you're meeting Blackie's mother, has kind of put everything regarding Blackie's bad behaviors in perspective. I know, Mom replied. See what I mean? You just don't really know someone. That is, you can't really appreciate them until you've met their mama. With that, we concluded for the day anyway. What was to become one of the most exciting adventures we'd yet encountered, all because Mom had met Blackie's mother. One time, coming back from a road trip where Mom and Blackie attended, Blackie was whimpering in the backseat uncontrollably. Since we just let him out to use the bathroom, he was probably just tired, and knowing Blackie, as always, he was probably hungry. But I used it as an occasion to build Mom up, so I said, Mom, Blackie loves you so much. He just wants to be up front riding with you. She answered, well, I really like Blackie, too. But did you know he's had some really good news recently? No. Really? Like what? Well, he told me that he had just heard from his attorney, and I guess his divorce is not final after all. Oh, Mom, I didn't even know he'd been married, let alone divorced. That is so cool. He still has hope. Is he excited? Oh, yes. He told me that he had just been devastated when we first met him. He was so grateful when we took him in, as he had not only lost his home, he had lost his wife and children, too. Oh, Mom, I am so sorry. I really didn't know. What can I do to help? Well, honey, just pray for him. God is still on his throne. That would become a mantra. That mother would be her classic answer for most of Blackie's predicaments. After our road trip, where I learned of Blackie's past divorce and other sorrows, I soon learned even more. One morning, when I was bringing Mom her morning coffee and breakfast, mornings were always shockers, and Blackie was snuggling with her on the love seat next to her bed on top of his favorite clean, unfolded clothes. She told me that she was very concerned about Blackie. She said, Isn't it odd how children can be so happy-go-lucky when they're little, And then they grew up to be so conflicted, like little Blackie over there. Look how conflicted he is. I said, Blackie, conflicted? Looks like contentment to me. She said, not to me. It is so sad, Sherry. I have had to take him to counselor after counselor, but after three counselors, they finally told me there was nothing else they could do for him. Oh, Mom, I didn't know you were both going through so much. I am so very sorry. What can I do to help? That's okay, she said wistfully as she sipped her morning coffee. We'll be okay. Just pray for us. God is still on his throne. Another day, I came home to find Mom reading a magazine. Blackie sprawled out on the floor beside her. He was on his back in his usual, altogether relaxed, anything but conflicted, spread eagle pose. Hi, you two. What's up? She said to me, honey, sit down. We need to talk. Okay, sure, Mom. What's on your mind? Well, honey, I was just thinking, where does Blackie work when he's not working for us? Well, Mom, I'm not sure. I never really thought about it. Why? Well, he's just too smart and talented to only have this old dumb job. He really needs something far more challenging. And you know what? I've always said a busy person working is a happy person. You know what, Mom? You may be right. What do you have in mind? Well... Did you know I've been working on updating his resume? Oh, Mom, I didn't know. That's so sweet. What's he qualified to do? We already know he's a doctor, a social worker, therapist, a policeman, bodyguard, a son, a husband, and a father. Well, after doing his resume, I think he'd be great in aviation. 
so much so I've taken it to the Raytheon Corporation. Wow, in addition to everything else he can do, that's just amazing. No, Sherry, he's amazing. In fact, he's already been called in for an interview. They were so impressed. They gave him his entrance exam, and he scored very, very high. In fact, they hired him on the spot. Well, wonders never cease. A couple of weeks later, Mom and I were coming back from shopping, and I remembered I had heard her say one thing about job, Blackie's job at Raytheon. Mom, you haven't mentioned it for a while. How's Blackie's job at Raytheon working out? Well, she said, very, very sad. It was so unfair. But Sherry, he was fired. But his boss did tell him in his exit interview that he was the smartest, the hardest worker they had ever hired, and that everybody loved him. Oh, poor little Blackie, I am so sorry. That just doesn't make sense. If he was so outstanding, whatever went wrong? Well, Mom added, his boss did mention that, despite how hard Blackie worked and all, that they just couldn't keep him. He just didn't follow company procedures. He just didn't do it the Raytheon way. I guess I had just not trained him very well. Well, Mom, don't blame yourself. And God bless your little heart. Poor little Blackie, what can I do? And as usual, her usual fix was saying, just pray for him. Remember, God is still on his throne. After Blackie's loss of his career job at Raytheon, though not of any particular concern to Blackie, was of great consternation to Mom. When we were driving past the Sonic Drive-In soon afterwards, Mom said, Pull in here. I've seen Blackie working here. I was incredulous. Mom, Blackie works here? Mom, are you sure? This is a good fit for Blackie. I mean, first of all, I'm sh- if they, I just cannot see him in roller skates. And even if they could find a pair that would fit him, I honestly could never see him delivering burgers and fries. I mean, seriously. He'd never make it to the customer's cars. He'd take off running with the goods. He'd eat all the profits. People would be honking and pushing their red buttons all over the place. I mean, if ever there was a bad fit, this would be it. Well, maybe I'm mistaken, she replied. But I could just swear I've seen him working here. I know this. He's got two or three bills coming due to pay for his attorney and all. And after losing the Raytheon job and everything else, he really needs a job so badly. Keep driving and looking. Maybe it's not Sonic. After all, maybe, well, just go next door to Arby's. Maybe that's where I've seen him working. It's around here somewhere. I don't know, Mom. Anything with beef kind of worries me. Well, it just doesn't seem right. But okay, all right, I'll drive through the drive-thru and you look for him. So I drove, and she looked, but no Blackie, another setback. I know, Mom, I know. God is still on his throne. We'll just have to pray more. She smiled back at me brightly. I was finally getting the hang of it. Then one afternoon, Mom and I were driving across town in a commercial district, and Mom again started talking about her favorite pastime, finding Blackie a new job. Okay, Mom, what are you two up to now? You've been talking to Blackie again, right? Oh, yes, she replied. And now he's trying to start a work-at-home business. Did you know he's got some more great news this week? What's that? Well, he got some new credit report scores, and he really has a high credit score. Wow, Mom, that's fantastic. How many people would give their IT for a good credit report? That's truly amazing for anyone, but it's particularly incredible for a dog. Without missing a beat, she retorted, Blackie's a dog? I'm shocked. I really, 
definitely just thought he was a confused kid. I'm sorry, Mom. I thought you knew. Oh, well, whatever. He's still qualified for a rather substantial business line of credit with which to start his new business. Anyway, he's asked me to be his secretary assistant. Wow, that Blackie is always up to something. Hmm? What kind of business is he forming? Well, she answered, searching to find a sign in the business area where we were driving, on a building or something in the vicinity where we were, anything that might make Blackie interested in doing. After perusing the neighborhood for just a few seconds, she sat back proudly and announced interior decorating. Blackie's starting his own interior decorating business, and he's asked me to be his secretary assistant. Mercy, I replied. I mean, really? This is crazy. So not as crazy as being a car hop or working in food service or something. Seriously, who'd hire him? I mean, he's going to, who's going to be his clientele? I mean, really? Some local bird, rabbit, cat, squirrel, or rat? Have you seen the way he's decorated his own home? I mean, Mom, come on, nothing personal against Blackie, but dogs are partially colorblind. Oh, Mom, I always hate to be the wet blanket, but I just don't think this is a very good fit. Well, now that it's none of my business, it's between you two. But didn't you say he's already hired you? All I know is colors and patterns and an eye for detail unless food is involved don't seem to be his forte. But oh well, whatever you think. All I know is as long as it makes you both happy. Several weeks passed. Then one evening, after eating out at a lovely family restaurant, we were sitting on the front porch rocking. And then as the sun was setting, I could tell Mom was getting rather philosophical. So I said, Mom, what's on your mind? You talking to Blackie again? How'd that business in interior decorating turn out? She seemed rather agitated and concerned. Oh, Sherry, I just hope I didn't mix things up for him. What do you mean? Well, I tried so hard to help him. Maybe I tried too hard. Oh, hold on. What? What do you mean? Well, I don't think I forgot to notify him of his appointments or anything, but anything's possible. Anyway, he got so mad. I sure hope I didn't do anything wrong. And then one thing led to another. And while things really started going south and he got so frustrated, he went too far. He started firing everybody, including himself. So he kind of did it to himself. But that's what happened to his home decorating business. Oh, Mom, I'm so sorry. What a great lot of drama for you both. I sure hope everything is still good between the two of you. Oh, yes, he didn't fire me. But he, I just felt so bad for him. Another disappointment. Well, Mom, life can be so hard, so unfair, so dog-eat-dog competitive. We've all been there, but for as long as young as Blackie is, he certainly has had his share of hard knocks. I know, but bless his little soul, he just keeps on trying. He never gives up. That's almost commendable. That's most commendable. But you mean there's more? We're going to step in right here and pick up on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest today is Sherry Oatstein as she's reading through her book, Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart. We'll be right back. Here we go. Every praise is to our God. Is to our God. Every word of worship. Every word of worship. 
music of Hezekiah Walker with every praise. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Sherry Oatstein, and she's been reading a good bit of the book, he, book she authored, Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart, a book which is, amongst other things, a wonderful and a powerful tool to put in the hands of caregivers to encourage them, to bless them, and to strengthen them in the work and ministry they've been called to. Uh, Sherry, at this time, I'll turn it back in your hands for any summary words, and then you're going to go ahead with the final chapter, correct? That's correct, Pastor. Chapter 5, Finding Love. There have been so many funny and scary experiences with Mom and Blackie these past four years. I could scarcely include them all here. So many, many times there have been falls, urinary tract infections, toenail infections, doctor's appointments, dental appointments, emergency rooms, a broken pelvis, a broken nose, broken dishes, cups, spilled coffee, spilled food, and backed up toilets. And as many times as there have been upsets, broken bones, and dishes, there have been an equal number of graces giving joy, laughter, comfort, and strength from our four-legged love on all fours four-legged friend and bodyguard. He's always there for me as well as for mom, loving and accepting us as we are. Despite our messy hair, lack of makeup, lack of sleep, lack of patience, and otherwise very human weaknesses. One day, not so long ago, mom evidently used way too much toilet paper, causing the toilet to go into cardiac arrest, resulting in a serious backup, requiring a 10 to 12 towel alarm invention. I was barely awake when I went in to check on her early one morning when I discovered our domestic toilet challenge. It was my worst nightmare. Water and toilet paper everywhere. Mom up to her ankles in water and Blackie running in to be a part of it, seeing it as an opportunity of all things. When she said, well, I'm tired. I'm going to bed now. But then when I saw the full extent of the disaster and that the toilet was still running and needed a plunger, now, I just started screaming, Mom, Mom, what in the world happened? Why and how did you do this? Then when she said, well, they told me to do it. I just lost it. First, I told Blackie, go to bed. And unbelievably, he minded. He went running to his little kennel. Then I grabbed the plunger and did some serious, serious plunging while begging my mom, stay, stay right where you are. Do not keep walking around in here, please, until I get this under control. And then again, please get back, stay. And of course, she did not mind, and she just kept walking. Please, mom, please, mind me now, please. Quickly, I ditched out of the bathroom and went running full throttle to, to the linen closet. Then I came running back just as quickly with about a dozen towels, old towels, and started throwing them everywhere on the floor around the toilet, hoping to stop both her and the toilet from running any further. Then it was necessary to get her in the shower, then to get all of her bedclothes and the towels in the washer. In the end, I was exhausted and decided I'd had my cardiovascular exercise, just not for just the day, but for maybe the entire year not to mention a year's exercise of my vocal cords. 
And then after extensive damage control, especially for 2.30 in the morning, with the all-familiar comforting sound of the washer and dryer churning in the background, I finally got Mom back into bed. Then I went to get little Blackie out of his kennel, his colorful and cheery little Montessori bachelor pad. As he meandered back into her bedroom, jumped up on her bed and licked her face, it hit me. Blackie had been the cool one, the real Christian. He hadn't raised his voice once. He hadn't been demanding. He was just patient and loving and caring, as if she had not made a super disgusting mess. I was so humbled and so ashamed. Here I was, the big mature one, outdone by this little 20-something-pound furball, even with his questionable ideologies and appetites. In some, Blackie went up in my eyes fourfold. I soon found myself looking to Blackie to learn how to treat with dignity those who are challenged for whatever reasons, the elderly, the lonely, the hurting, the mentally and physically handicapped, the poorest of the poor, the homeless, the dirty, whatever. And furthermore, as soon as I soon found myself wondering, have I been drinking mom's Kool-Aid for too long? Whenever I've had to step over Blackie when he's sleeping on the floor, I just stepped over greatness. Should I call him your highness or your excellency? He is, bless his heart, certainly no respecter of persons. Well, unless food is involved. He is no materialist. He's no phony. But by gum, he always acknowledges evil as he sees it anyway. And bless his little 20-something pound body. He uses every ounce of his being to warn and to protect mom and me from any evil. Whether it be in the form of a UPS delivery man or a jogger running too close to our borders, i.e. our home, or he'll die trying. As mom continually tells me, he truly is amazing. Last week, as I was bringing her her coffee and breakfast in bed, Blackie quickly jumped up on her bed to get a handout. And just as quickly, I sent him away, as I always do, so he could eat, so she could eat. When I checked back a few minutes later, Blackie had opened her door. Duh. He can open every door and cupboard unless it's got a bolt lock or something. So this really should never come as a shocker, but somehow it always does. And was back up on her bed sharing her breakfast. I said, Mom, why did you do that? Why did you let Blackie back up on your bed and give him half your breakfast? Her answer, without missing a cue, she snapped right back. Because he's my best friend around here. When I, somewhat deflated, really more like crushed, responded, but does Blackie bathe you and dress you and wash your hair and set it? Does he do your nails and wash your clothes and dishes and feed you and take you out to eat and to church and to the dentist and to the hospital emergency room and to the doctor and to the movies or to visit friends? Does he buy you clothes and groceries, et cetera? Does he? Without blinking an eye, she shot right back. Well, no but he just hasn't been trained yet. I rest my case. Maybe if Blackie could be so trained and all others like him, they could in turn train us their caregivers. Then just maybe we could all have hope for peace on earth and goodwill to mankind till Jesus comes. But at the rate we're going, it looks like it's going to take a dog to do it. All right, so that's the end of the final chapter in the book. 
uh, Blackie at Canine Rescue of the Heart. All right. Again, Sherry, a powerful and a very, very beautiful book. Now, if uh, a listener is wanting to get a copy of the book, tell them again how they can get a copy. Okay, I'd be happy to. Um, they would have to get it on Amazon Kindle. It's no no other copies are available in hard copy. I sold out all of my hard copies. But they can go on Amazon and do a search on the search bar for Kindle, Blackie, B-L-A-C-K-Y, the letter A, the letter K, the number nine, Rescue of the Heart. But they have to put in Kindle or ebook. And then if they would have any problem finding it that way, they only need to call customer service at Amazon and the customer service representative to, can supply the link to get the book. It's about 10 to $13. It, it went up since the last time I checked. It used to be $9.99, but it's gone up to $12.99, I think now. But it's very reasonably priced, and it does have a wealth of um, encouragement for the caregiver, as well as for dog, dog lovers everywhere. I had a lot of people would buy it for dog lovers and for caregivers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I want to ask in the last few minutes, if you'll pray for, once again, for caregivers, whatever's on your heart to pray for caregivers, but also for the church to really seek ways to be more supportive and of encouragement to get to caregivers as well. So would you pray for these things before our time ends today? Yes, I'd be happy to. Dear Heavenly Father, first of all, Thank you for caregivers all over the world who are caring for either the elderly with dementia or Alzheimer's or even for children that have learning problems, etc. This segment of our society is very, very um, not known because they're at home taking care of their charges. So I would very much ask your Heavenly Father that your Holy Spirit would encourage them that they're some of the finest people on the face of the earth. They are his Martha's doing the work to make room for Jesus. And then, dear Lord, I would also really challenge the churches all over the world to give special deference to this segment of our society, that they would supply something of a respite care so that these people could get out to go to church, they could go shopping for groceries, that they would start a complete ministry, if they haven't already, for supplying helps and time out for these wonderful people who have given up their very lives to support the most precious people on the face of the earth. Thank you, Father, for the people who are receiving these services and for the people who are the caregivers. Thank you, Jesus, for all of your best people on earth, including little babies and little children in the womb. Some of the most um, innocent and the most helpless are the very best. In Jesus' name, protect them. Amen. 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 And Father, I do thank you for every listener that happens to be a caregiver. Thank you for your hand of grace upon them. Thank you, Lord, for the ways in which they have and continue to be so self-sacrificing in the way they lovingly see after the needs of loved ones, people that they're caring for. Father, flood them with encouragement today. Flood them with grace, mercy, and strength, Lord. Quicken them spiritually, physically, mentally. Help them to have both the physical strength, the emotional strength, and the middle strength to be and do what you would have them to be and do. Let them be encouraged, strengthened, and and blessed as they continue to do this great work. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, again, Sherry, our time is just about gone. Once again, to all of our listeners, we would encourage you to prayerfully consider getting a copy of the book by Sherry Oldstein entitled Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart. Again, a wonderful book that could encourage any caregiver 
as well as share you've mentioned that people that are dog lovers like the book but also the children have really been blessed as they've had it read as well is that right yes mm. yes they just adore they may be my greatest audience they actually when i would go to schools we'd sit crisscross applesauce from pre-kindergarten all the way up to middle school and they would actually come over and hug me or kiss me on top of the head they love the book they mm. love little dogs so that right. is something of another audience mm-hmm. okay all right well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never made the step of inviting Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, we'd like to invite you to make that all-important step. If you'd like to uh, make that very important decision, would you simply, from your heart, pray this prayer even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so very much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Become the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live for you my entire life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you pray that prayer, we very much would like to be in touch with you. Uh, my email, once again, is joseph at afr.net. We definitely appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with you literature and resources that are going to be tools that will help you grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's so important for you to have and put to use resources like that. Again, the email, joseph at afr.net. We certainly hope to hear from you so we can get those to you again. Joseph at AFR.net. Sherry, again, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing with us about the book. One more time, if someone wants to get a copy, tell them how they can do that. Thank you, Pastor. Just go to online to Amazon.com and type in the search bar, Kindle, and then the book title, Blackie, the letter A, the letter K, the number nine, canine, that's the way you spell canine on this particular book, K9, Rescue of the Heart. All right. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for being with us. And I want to encourage all of our listeners to pray for Sherry and pray for the ministry of this book, a tool that can bless and encourage the heart of any and all caregivers that might have the privilege of receiving it. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.